It is our purpose, our work as hearts, to see and mend and make meaning of all the moments that are told. Each story within our calling is tied with our own nimble fingers, to the starlight hairs of Roenzu itself. And as that remnant sleeps beneath the towers, in its dreams it will survey each one, and so in being seen, they will be known. It is one of many duties, but a sacred one, and skilled to work. To find the core of a story among the millions of its threads, to gather up each part of it, and spin a tether strong and sturdy, leaving nothing out. It is not an easy thing to learn, to see what links to who and where and when, and to see where the tale wears thin, where, due to age or wear or circumstance, the thing does not bind strongly, and then to adjust it just so. A fresh new binding. To push and pull the threads into an even weave, to smooth and trim and sew up as you work is a craft. There is a pleasure to it to see the thing so neat, and yet where we are taught to patch and perfect, over time we seek to change. A tweak becomes a cut, becomes a splice, becomes an edit, becomes an ending, becomes... well. Oh, but it is a difficult thing to rewrite what has been written. To change the thing completely is a long and weary task. Harder still alone, a myriad of paths which must be followed to their ends. A detangling of possible and probable and maybe... The more you try to alter in that moment, the further out the tears will spread. Still, with time, with patience, with purpose, yes, I suppose it can be done. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, a narrative-first role-playing podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. You can find me on Twitter at Games. Steve Martin. Hey, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. And Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me at Thryn. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at AdTDixon. And you can follow the show on Twitter at... Flimsy Rituals. Shall we start by quickly recapping both like where everyone is in the story, but also like where everyone is physically? So I think at the end of last episode, we left off with Vens at the bottom of the Revenant Chorus's library. And basically, uh, one of the group of snarls called the Splintered Breath had decided to go with the envoy of Doya. And you kind of managed to strike a deal, which meant that the vault door that was behind you opened. I think, like, going up the library, um, the things from last episode that you saw on your way down is you saw two more snarls from that group, like, blocking off one of the corridors to prevent, like, the agents of the Conclave getting in. And if we go a little higher still, uh, we, we see Belka, who I think had just decided to go down, had just met the Orskult Kalsun and then had continued going down the well, is that right? Uh, yes, that is right. 
And if we go like a little higher still, we go past Cal Sun and one of the monks that was with her. Um, and we go past, I think, Obil and Tilla who are heading out. And then we reach Charla who had snuck in past Aloma. And I think if we keep going out, we don't see Aloma anymore. I think Aloma's gone. And I think we see sneaking in the door of this place is Briss, who is also with Callan and uh, Nilka, I think. Am I right in thinking that's what you're doing? Are you heading straight to the library? Yeah, it's basically avoiding the um, the guards and going in through that side door. Charla just asked, where are I of and Shu? And I think in the same way that you don't see Aloma, you don't see them either. But yeah, we see the three of you sneaking through the town. Briss, Callan, and Nilcat. I think it's like fairly easy to kind of work your way through eulogy. Everything's a little bit chaotic. There are so many people running around that no one really gives you like a second look. And you can kind of walk with some purpose towards the side entrance you saw into the library. And I think what you find are a pair of large but quite simple wooden doors. And they're kind of half open, or at least like one of them is ajar as you reach it. What do you do? Um, absolutely no hesitation. Just open it relatively slowly, um, pop head in, have a look around, and if there's no one there, march in. Okay. I think as soon as like you you sort of like lean in to look around, you are hit by like the smell of like grains and barley and different kinds of food. You look around and you see no one else here. It seems to be like a extremely meticulously laid out storeroom. Do you go inside? Um, yeah, head on in. I'm trying to be as quiet as possible, um, but not really paying attention to the room itself, just trying to move through, basically. This obviously isn't where we're aiming to be, so yeah. I think it's Nilcat who does this, but he, like, as you enter, like, goes straight up to one of the barrels and opens it, and just kind of, like, does a whistle, and he's like, these monk lads, they've, they've got a lot of food. We're not here for food. We're trying to get our people back. Stop getting distracted. Come on, Nilcat. I mean, aren't we here for food? Wasn't this one of your, like, plans? Like, to go to Eulogy to resupply? In general? Yeah. But, like, but, like not in today, right now, yeah, it's getting the people back together. There's, there's other places we can get food, or we can get it tomorrow, or we can come back for it. The three of us can't carry enough food to supply everyone. Yeah. So we're going to have to sort out some way of taking this out, and there's no point taking it in with us. Yeah. So it's noted, and yeah, we're just going to keep moving, I think. I think there's a moment where, like, both Nilcat and Callan are probably, like, seeing all of this and looking, you know, like, bellies rumbling a little bit, going, like, looking on with some amount of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Briss is quite accustomed to being out on her own and being hungry for a couple of days before she can catch something, so it doesn't really bother her at all so she's kind of a little bit frustrated that people are getting slowed down by this but yeah i'm gonna try one of the one of the doors leading out which one uh how many did you say there were so i think there are three in this room um there are kind of two to the north one in like the center and one like at the far wall almost and then one to the west okay well probably the one to the west okay and i think once again this is like a simple wooden door that you go through. And you and you open it and you see like inside is it seems to be like a brewery, I think. I think it's like a bunch of barrels fermenting. You can like smell I think both the smells of like 
hops, but also like honey. Like this is where the monks make beer and mead. I'm going to close it and go, nothing in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm kind of getting the idea that this area is mostly stores. So going to try and basically she just wants to cover as much ground as possible, quit as quickly as possible. Isn't that bothered about searching everywhere, just looking for where the most trouble is, because that's probably where Charla's going to be, and also Velka. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of Charla, what are you doing? Are you heading Are you heading down, or are you doing something else? Are you looking at stuff? Well, I'm mainly looking for potentially a person that's not a Loma that might be able to point me in the right direction, if that is a thing that exists. But what's what's kind of around, where does it look like there might be information or books or something? Sure. Let me give you like a little bit of a description. So I think you're a couple of floors down in this stairway, which is just to remind you like a great spiral staircase leading down kind of like the internal wall looks down into like a big hole. So you can see the entire depth of this place. And then like the external wall is where like lots of different rooms come off. I imagine Charla just, like, looking into some of the, the rooms at the top. And I think on this layer, they're mainly, like, offices and places where places where people would scribe books. And there are kind of, like, bookcases dotted everywhere with books that are very dusty or just seem to, like, especially in the scribing rooms, I imagine they're full of, like, quite a lot of blank books and supplies. I don't know whether you see anyone this high up. But there does seem to be, um, like, a pink light keeps bursting up from the bottom of the well. And I think you can hear, like, noises and voices from further down below. Hmm. Well, I think I'll go and take a look at some of the books. And if that's not very useful... Sure. Head downstairs and see what happens there. Like, try and find where these voices are coming from. Sure. So I think what you find with the books, like... In these levels, like, they're mostly blank, or, like, half-filled. And they just seem to be, like, the ones that are half-filled seem to be very, I imagine to Charla, very boring, like, descriptions of people's lives. So I think the ones you, you read are kind of like, and then I woke up at 5am, and I went out into the fields and did my day's work. Uh... And when I got home, Jane was waiting for me. Like, it, it's very, like, very long descriptions of people's, like, day-to-day lives. Because, yeah, I, I think, as I've said, like, this is where memories get stored. And lots of memories aren't very interesting. Memories aren't like stories. They are just every detail. I think the other kind of book that you find, and these are the ones in the hallway, these ones seem to be written in, and these are, like, the dusty ones that are chained to the wall. But their pages are all stuck together. They seem to have fused together over time in a way that book pages don't. They're sort of sticky. Ew. But like in the way that sticky weed is sticky or like a nettle is sticky, like, or static electricity is sticky. And more not helpful. So you can see like the odd pages in these books, but largely like there'll be like 50 pages all stuck together and you can't find a way to pry them open. They're just sort of fused. I guess the other thing you could find up here is, I imagine in each of these, like, scribing rooms or halls, is there's probably, like, one locked cabinet. And I imagine they've they're kind of got, like, lots of little holes carved into them in, like, a delicate pattern. 
and you can see like underneath or behind the woods there seems to be more books inside what's strail doing right now because strail's been all excited and buzzy is strail now really bored or is there anything i don't know what do you think is strail like pushing you on well strail's part of the reason i went here um because strail got very excited and then with all of the like with the big crack that happened i think strail reacted to that yeah I think Strail is still in that, like, excited, buzzy mood. But it's almost like they're trying to, like, pull you on. They don't care about any of the stuff up here. Okay. And you can feel that. But I don't know if Strail cares about books anyway, so that's not the most helpful. I don't know if Strail would understand what a book is. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yeah, do you try and get into one of these cabinets, or do you just continue down? Probably continue down. It doesn't seem like any of these books are useful, like helpful. I'm not gonna find anything this way. I don't even. I don't even know how to open the books. That's kind of a, an important bit to reading them. <laughs> yeah, like you can open the ones that seem newer. It's just like these ones seem but I really don't know old. Any stories and like recent stories of this happening? Yeah. I guess it's kind of weird for Charla because in one way Charla's probably never heard of this before and therefore it's like really weird for her. But in another way, like, she might be like, is this what happens to books? <laughs> I stop opening my book? Is it like, like clutching the book? Like, I promise I'll never let this happen to you. You will always be able to open. Um, But now I, th- I think we see like Charla spend, you know, like 10-15 minutes kind of exploring yeah. the space before continuing down. And I think the next moment we get is Charla heading down the stairway and like the sound of footsteps coming towards her. What what do you do? Do you hide? It could be one of Aloma's people, and I don't like Aloma. You duck behind like one of the bookcases and kind of wait for these two to pass, I guess. Kind of waiting to see them and then deciding whether to like say hello from hiding behind the bookshelf or not. If they look like Aloma's peoples. Okay. So you see that there are two people heading up the stairs. One is kind of lent on the other. Uh, One of them you don't recognize. They seem to be wearing, like, robes, like some of the monks that you've seen. Okay. Like, join the festival Lentilic. They're, like, kind of average height. They have almost, like, bone-colored exoskeleton um, with strange markings on it. The person they're supporting, though, you do recognize. It's Tiller. Um, they don't seem to be in a very good place right now. They seem kind of out of it. Well, I'm going to definitely see, say hello and see if they need help. Are you just like jumping out and saying hello? Maybe, maybe, well, do I have the ability to not be surprising? I would like to not surprise them and make their day worse. Yeah, I imagine you could do it in a way, like, you appearing is going to be surprising, but there's like, oh... Who's this? Surprising. And then there's like, ah! And falling down the stairs surprising, right? Yeah, I'd like to not do the falling down the stairs surprising, if at all possible, please. Fair. Yeah, so you step out in front of them, and they both kind of like look at you. Obil, who is the monk, uh, looks like very confused. Like, they've obviously never seen you before, and are kind of confused why like a teenage girl is down here. 
Chilla looks at you as if they're trying to remember someone that they've not seen for decades. Oh. Tilla? Do, do, you, do you know her? And Tilla just... I... I... I think... I... Are you okay? Uh, your Arkant is fine. Your Arkant... Your Arkant is fine. Do, do you know Tilla? Yes, yes. We, uh, Tilla's my friend. I think, like, Obel had smiled when you said the Arkant. I think that's when they realised that you knew them. The Arkant's in the stable, um, and when we got, like being taken care of are you what's what's going on i think till it goes oh did did i hot did i lend you one did tilla or did i just kind of borrow it without asking i may have borrowed it without asking no you you definitely stole it yeah no, I think you did, because like Till asked you to look at the Oh yes, Tilla did right? Tilla did ask me. Okay, <laughs> cool. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> I remember that. You asked me to watch after them. The other ones are still at your at your house at the farm, but I I borrowed one of them because it was I was tired of walking. Tilla kinda like smiles and goes As if remembering that the farm exists for the first time in forever. And it's like, ah, oh. I, I I would like to go back there one day. It's it's not far. They say, good, we're nearly home. And just, Obil takes over, I think. That sounds like a good plan. Are you, are you with Belka and, and Vence? Yeah, they're also my friends. Seems like you've got a lot of friends. Sort of. Vence is a bit. Vence is a bit. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Finish your sentence, young lady. <laughs> no. Obil, like, looks behind them and says, I'm not sure you want to go down there. It, 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 it's not a good place. Well, well, maybe you can help me. You've, you've been here before, right? Obil laughs and goes, I, I live here. <gasps> Perfect. I'm I'm looking for information about remnants being knitted to people. Obil looks like a little confused. Or just like remnants and people being really connected, but not like Vens. Um what does Obil say? I think Obil's like, um I'm sorry to say this, but I'm not sure. We're the right kind of library for you. But surely someone must know about this. It can't be like... There has to be that this has happened at some point. I don't really know how to say this without going, I have a remnant inside. <laughs> yeah, just just asking on behalf of a friend. Just, 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 I have a friend who may or may not be knitted to a remnant. It's just really important. And I wanted to know if anyone had ever known about it, and what happens. I, and Obel, like, seems to think for a minute, it's like, I, I'm not sure, but at, at the bottom of the library we have a vault. It's where all of, all of the special memories live. All of the memories that are, that the Oskull deems to be valuable, or in some ways need to be protected. I imagine if you're looking for anything like that, that's where it'd be. 
Excellent. Okay. Although, good luck getting in, I guess. I've never seen inside it. I think the the Oscults and Seastra are the only people that, well, the only things that can get in, that can unlock those doors. Do you know where they are? Obel kind of just, like, shrugs their shoulders and is like, the last time I saw the Oscult, they came down here. And, well, if you want to find Seastra, follow the chains. Are you sure you don't want to help me get Tiller out? I think that might be a good idea. And I might need your help. Oh no. Chala really likes to help people. I think, like, Chala, like, can read this. This is, like, one of those times where an adult is trying to keep you... An adult is trying to stop you from doing something you shouldn't. I I was going to say that's literally what happened right before Chala ran into the library. She realized that I and Shu were trying to do that. Yeah. Chala is not going to fall for that. Okay. But is going to tell them exactly where the Arcant is so that they can get home easily. Okay. Obil kind of like accepts the information and looks at you and goes, are, are you sure? Yes, this is very important. I think they like just give you like a little bit of a bow almost, like they lower their head as much as they can while carrying Tiller and then say, good luck. I hope to see you back at the caravan. Are you coming with us? Hopefully. If... If you'll all let me. Of course! I mean, I don't speak for everyone. I am not one of the elders, and you'll have to meet Briss at some point, which is... She's okay. Oh, <laughs> I think that's that's a real step up from Fjalla, to be honest. I'm touched. <laughs> but... We always like having new friends, and we've had lots of new friends recently. I, I, I think, like, uh, the well rumbles at this point, and, like, Obel, like, gives you a look, as, as if to say, I need need to keep moving. Charles is just going to thank them. Probably give them a soft hug. Like, both of them a soft hug, and then run down the stairs. Obel goes in the opposite direction. Okay, so shall we continue going down the well and go to Belka? What What is Belka up to? Seething. <laughs> Fair. I mean, not much. Belka is walking down, down a well. So yeah, I think you continue to walk down the staircase. I think as you like pass the different rooms, you kind of can get an impression of what's inside them. A lot of the doors have been left open. And you maybe get passed by monks a couple of times, you maybe look inside the rooms and see, like, people trying to protect the stuff inside them, maybe? Like, there's definitely, like, you see some people locking up books, you see some people, like, in conversation about what's happening. I deeply enjoy the concept of all these people who work here and are very invested in protecting the books, just giving a kind of full hall pass to this absolute blood-soaked stranger hurtling themselves through rooms. <laughs> They're probably just, like... I don't want to get involved in this, right? Yeah, that's extremely fair, me neither. So I think some of the things you see, like, in terms of rooms, is you pass a couple of floors of what appears to be, like, catacombs. There are no books in them. They seem to be, like, lots of, like, sarcophagi and, like, maybe, like, lots of rows of, like, holes in the walls and, like, little memorial placards. And you keep going further down and the rooms change from places for, like, writing and scribing books to like suddenly it seems to be like a vast library and you can see rows and rows of bookcases with like chains running across them do you keep going down 
Uh, yeah, they're gonna try not to touch anything and hurry through. How does Belka feel about all of those books? Uncomfortable. It's probably like a kind of place you know well, but like, worse almost? Yeah, I don't- I can't remember whether we talked about it in the world building episode or not, but I think like, um, my concept of Belka's past is that they initially were training as a scribe, um, and then were picked up to become a heart instead, either because they were much better at being a heart or because uh, they were clearly showing some not coping with with the scribing. And so, like, I think they, they're very familiar with, like, these kinds of rooms, but pretty mixed emotional responses. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, you continue down, and I think... Oh, wait, they are going to steal a pen, though. So you're, like, walking into a library to steal one? I'm going to break one off one of the little chains, like, in a bank. (laughs) Nice. Do you, like, dip it in some ink and continue down? I'm going to steal the ink as well. It's it's probably, like, a nice long feather. Um, I imagine a little bit like a peacock feather, like quill. Like, lots of purples and, like, scarlets Mm -hmm. and yellows. Can I put that on my character sheet? Yeah, sure. Nice. And as you continue down... You begin to hear, like, some shouting in front of you from, like, maybe the layer below you. And I imagine you can kind of look down, like, through the well to, like, the space opposite you. And you can see, like, if you continue down, you'll eventually reach, like, a segment of the stairway where it almost seems to have been cut off. It's almost as if, like, someone's folded the wall out to block the stairway. And you can see that there are three figures either side of this. Two on one side. One of them is quite tall and muscular with, like, close-cropped hair and dark skin. And the other is is a little bit shorter and has, like, blue skin and, like, a pale circle across their face and has, like, one horn curved backwards. And the person with, like, the blue skin is kind of... seems to be doing something to hold this wall in place. And on the other side, you can see one of the two agents of the Conclave. And it's the other one. It's not the one with, like, the catfish-like whiskers. It's not Terea at all. It is the one that was, like, quite a bit bulkier and who has, like, a round domed helmet that kind of covers all of all of their face. It's, like, quite large and broad. And they're holding, like... A sword that is basically like a long, flat blade that's quite large. And they seem to be shouting. And I think it's like laughter, almost. And I think what they shout is like, this isn't going to stop me. By this, do do they mean the wall? Yeah, it it looks like the people who have put the wall in place, who you can only guess are snarls, have done it to stop Mm -hmm. him. Okay. Is there any way I could scramble, kind of, down... To be on the other side of the wall. With the two snarls? Yes. Yeah, there are chains. Alright, well, I guess we are chain descending then. That seems safe and fine. Is this is this like a crawl across some of the chains, or is it like you're like zip lining down? <laughs> I think it's a crawl. Um a very unstable, unsteady crawl. But I very much don't want to have to go through a wall or encounter the conclave. That so. is extremely fair. Mm. How how are you feeling right now? This is going to be attempt fate, isn't it? It is absolutely attempt yeah. fate. 
How are you feeling? Um, how am I feeling? I think I'm going to go for scared, probably. Because this seems like quite a dexterous feat and have lost a decent amount of blood. Was never particularly good at crossing holes carefully in the first place. And also, if I fail, I have to deal with the conclave, which I'm extremely not prepared for right now. Um, so when you tempt fate, roll. On a 10 plus you do it, on a 7 to 9 you can do it, but there's a cost. The fates offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. Ooh, that's a 5. Oh no. Oh no. Um, so I think what happens is you do it. Um, I think you manage to, like, scramble across all of the chains. Like, there are a couple of, like, dicey moments where, like, a foot slips or you can feel your hand slipping on one of the chains, but you manage to skirt your way across and pull yourself up on the other side of the wall. I think as you're getting close, you feel the chains shake behind you. And, like, as you look towards your right, you see that you've given the agent of the Conclave the same idea and they have kind of walked across oh, onto the chains. get your own ideas, mate. <laughs> but yeah, you, you pull yourself up to the other side. The, the Conclave agent, whose name is Makot Talassis, is climbing across the chains. I guess I'm going to apologise to these two snarls. I feel like I just made that worse for them. <laughs> Hi, sorry, I will help you with this. Um, have you seen Fens? I think you look up at them. I think the one with like the blue skin and like the horn who is called Mishto and is and uses they them pronouns kind of like doesn't quite see you and is slipping their attention from like the wall that they folded to the chains that like Makot is crossing. I think the one that kind of notices you there and like is paying attention to you is is the other snarl who is called Alvarest, who uses he him pronouns. I guess they're not, like, looking down at you. I think you're, like, probably around the same size. But he's, like, looking at you and hasn't quite heard what you're saying. There's kind of... There's a lot of anger in his eyes. Cool. And it's not directed at you. Like, it's absolutely not directed at you. Who's Vens? Oh, you'd you'd know him. Very grumpy old man. Um, what are you doing here? Why are you down here? <laughs> um... I think he, he, like, I think looks at you and says, like, falsate letters here. We're, we're following, we're, we're following her. And then, like, says, sorry, uh, we need to stop him getting here. And, like, is now looking at Makot. Oh, yes. That's fair. They are terrible. Can I help? I don't think there's an answer, but, like, I think that's a yes, almost, if you've got a way to help. It depends how... How's their chain travel going? Um, pretty well, I think. I think they're maybe like... Because I don't think they've got as far to go as you did. And I think they're maybe like halfway mm. towards towards the three of you. But, but what if they weren't? What if they had fallen, perhaps, instead? <laughs> Is this your new move? I would like it to be. My roles haven't been going great recently, though. Hmm. So do you, do you want to say what your new move is? 
yes. Words unspoken is when you use your will to defy the fates and rewrite the story role. On a 10 plus you do it, but pick two. On a 7 to 9, pick one. You don't tear the fabric of reality, your enemies aren't made more powerful as a result, and your friends aren't collateral. I don't think Belka has used this up until this point, because it's a big thing to do. But I think what they're doing here is quite small, or what they're trying to do here is quite small, and I think at this point, because they're so tired, and so scared, and so angry, it's probably reflexive. I don't think they notice themselves doing it until they've done it. Is it almost like they reach out a hand? Um, Makot reaches out a hand? And you're kind of willing him not to like miss his grab? I think it's more probably Makot makes a really last minute save grab and all Belka can think about is how close that was to missing. Yeah. So it's like a thing that's happened and then it gets rewritten. Yeah, I think it's Belka sees an opportunity where something was so close to being something else and it's probably like a twitch in the muscle of the hands as they reach out for the spirit threads of that moment and before they notice they've done it, they've kind of pulled their hand tight. Cool. And I think I'm going to roll that under powerful because I think as, as a reflexive movement, it's not an emotional one, it's just one that they know how to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my god, that's a six. Oh no. I don't have any any bonds on anyone, do I, that's here and could help me. Um, I guess Vence is the one person I can think of. Maybe, yeah, if I'm close enough for Vence to have felt me doing it. Maybe. Like, Vens is definitely, like, underneath you. I imagine, like, maybe, like, three floors down? I imagine Vens has probably heard, like, a movement in the chains. He's, like, probably super sensitive to that now he's seen, like, Seastra. And he's probably, like, watched Belka crawl across, and he's probably watched this new person enter the web. Yeah, if Vens can see that something's happening or that something's coming for him, then he's gonna do anything that he can to help. Yeah, because this doesn't feel like past the realms of possibility with like the similarity between like the move that Belka is doing, which is about changing the threads of fate versus like what weaving a spell is like. I'm almost kind of picturing it as because it's been so long since Belka's done this, they do the movement but they don't put the power in. Mm. And so Fens could kind of sense that Belka is trying to do something to help and just doesn't have the brute strength. That's the thing Vens has. The strong boy. Well, here he comes. He's spending Lending your bond. them their strength. <laughs> Choo-choo, the <laughs> Vens train's coming. <laughs> yes, I'd spend the bond to help. So I think, like, the thing that Vens in particular senses is I think you can sense the other two snarls trying to weave spells in the way that you do. I mean, you can sense Mishto trying to do a similar thing to the chains that they did to the wall, and, like, they're trying to, like, refactor them or, like, fold them in on themselves. But I think Makot has this strange, like, thing that Terea did in that they're, like, cut off from the strings of fate. I think you can sense Alvarest, like, with this rage in his heart, just trying to, like, implant something in... Makots, and that's not working either. You can sense that both of these two things are failing. And then you sense, like, a third thing, which is not, like, directly at Makots, but in the strings around him. 
And you're maybe not entirely sure where it comes from at first, but it's kind of like weak and feeble in terms of power, but it's well-directed and precise. And yeah, you sense that it's Belka, and you shift some of your power towards it. And Makot, in one moment, reaches out and just, like, grabs a chain. And then in the next moment, it's almost as if time skips a little bit, and he reaches out, and the chain isn't quite there, and he begins to fall. So, Belka, that is a seven. Which option are you picking? I am going to go for... So as a reminder, the options are you don't tear the fabric of reality, your enemies aren't made more powerful as a result, your friends aren't collateral. Just fuck up reality, fam. Do it. (laughs) Yeah, I think think I'm going to go for your friends aren't collateral because obviously Ven's directly helped me do this and I think they've probably not done it well, they clearly haven't done it well, and all their attention is going to go on making sure that it doesn't backfire on Ven's. Um... I'm trying to work out what the tear in the fabric of reality is. It could be quite a small tear yeah, in the fabric I, I, of reality. Let me just put that out there. I think it will be. So I think what we see is Makot continue his fall, and he lands neck first, this like golden helmet hitting the mosaic-tiled floor of the library, and there's just like this awful crack, and his body falls limp, his sword kind of sliding across the ground. And I think his threat is removed. He's dead. But. But, yes. So the two options that weren't chosen are you don't tear the fabric of reality and your enemies aren't made more powerful as a result. So I think what happens is we see almost where Blake Balka was stood when they were watching Makot trying to get through the wall. We see a figure appear, um, and it is the figure of Terea Ol. And I think we also see a second figure appear behind them, almost as if just forming. And it is like a third member of the Conclave that until this moment was not here. I think we kind of, as an audience, see them kind of fading into view, but I think for most of the characters, they were here the entire time. And I think they're kind of quite slim and like slightly built, but there's like definitely a power in the way that they're holding themselves. They have unpatterned grey robes with like a red hood, and I think their golden mask kind of has like large bug eyes, and kind of like two antenna like raising up and flicking back. I think they're holding like a large chitinous shield, and an axe. I think there's something about them that you sense, Fence. In the Agents of the Conclave, kind of have this thing where they're cut off from the webs of fate around them. And I think this person is too, but it's almost like they're cut off and then there are like barbs pointed back out. And I think what you hear is, beside you, you hear Alvarest just whisper, Zender. And you can hear like the rage in his voice. Oh. Oh, hell. What are you going done, Belks? Oops. <laughs> Should have should have used uh, friends as collateral. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Vince. Next time you're under the bus. <laughs> Just in case you accidentally summon another bug person. It's okay. I'm sure I'm indirectly under the bus now. That <laughs> shield bug lad. It's fine. <laughs> this isn't Belka's fault. Bug lad was here all along. They were always here. Don't you remember? 
Um, should we go to Vens? Welcome to Everything's Cool, Cool, Cool at the Bottom of the Well. Yeah, so I imagine, like, this happened moments after you kind of made this deal with Sistra and the, the vault doors opened. Um, and just to remind people, like, Keen climbed down with Sistra into, like, the crack in the floor. And then the vault doors opened and inside the vault, I think you can see it's quite brightly lit, though you can't see where from. I think you can see like rows and rows of bookcases and each one of the books is kind of chained in place. But like the entire thing seems a lot neater and more ornate than the rest of the library. I think both the books themselves as well as as well as the bookcases are kind of very well preserved. And I think they kind of have the same style as like a lot of the buildings and like rooms and decorations in this place, which is like lots of bright, lively colours. And I think you can see... I think on two pedestals at the front of the room in, in the centre, you can see, like, two books. Kind of? I'm almost imagining that they're sort of, like, spotlit in this moment. Exactly what we were promised. And then, yeah, you hear the shouts from above, and then you put power into Belka's tweaking of, like, the strings of narrative and spirit, and Makup falls to the floor next to you. And everyone... It looks at the broken body in shock. I think if it's not you, Falsay is probably like the first person to act. Unless you recover quicker. I think if Venz has just been involved in making that happen, then maybe Falsay would be a bit more ready to react. I think she says, we need to get the book, and then we need to get out of here. Venz, do you want yours? Very much. We can't let what Keen did be in vain. And I think as, like, Falsay is striding towards the room, Gaila Din, who is, like, the second in command of this group, like, kind of doesn't step in the way, but, like, puts half of herself in the way. And, like, looks at Falsay and is like, are you sure we want to do this? And then maybe, like, looks at you almost pleadingly. I think maybe Venz goes to stick his oar in where it doesn't belong. And maybe says, what's really going on here? There must be... Why now? Why have you come here now? Has something changed? Um, I think the answer that Falsay gives you is like, this was always the plan. Ferox Erstrake gave us our way of life, and then, then she left us. We always needed to find her. And I think Gaila's like, but we didn't. We have a way of living that works. We don't need to follow her. When she left, and, like, looks hesitant at you, because I think you were there when she left, right? Yeah, I think Venz would have gone not long afterwards. Why did you leave when she left, do you imagine? Is it just because everything had fallen apart, whatever motivations? I think Venz saw it as a stepping-off point. Mm. Like a good opportunity to finish what they'd been doing together as a group. You know, especially since the person that was leading them left to pursue their own goals. Yeah. I think maybe I get the impression that, like, Erstrate had gone from, like, hey, this is a way that we can manage and protect ourselves from, like, our powers, but also, like, put good back into the world, to, like, being willing to do anything to find something more than that. Something that wasn't, like, that didn't have a cost. 
And I think she obviously went off on her own because she knew, like, even if she could find a solution without cost, there would be a cost to, like, whoever, like, went out looking for it. And I think, like, within the group, and this is what you kind of sense, some of the people here also wanted to try and find that, and I think Falsay is one of them. Others just want to continue as they were. Like, they, they'd found a way to live and survive. They'd found a community where they'd never had a community before. I think, like, that's what, like, Gaila Din is scared of here. That, like, this might ruin that. I think Venz turns to Falsate and says, Is this truly what you want? If you reach a point where you no longer need to worry about using your abilities and whether you're using them for good or for the benefit of others, then everything that we do becomes trivial. You'll reach a point where you'll be using these abilities on a whim from menial tasks. Are you trying to convince her not to take the book? I think I'm trying to convince her that it's in her best interest not to take a book, yes. Okay. Well, that sounds like a manipulate. Uh, which is when you try to convince an NPC to do something you want, roll. On a hit, they do it. On a 10 plus pick one, on a 7 to 9 pick two. How are you? How is Ven's feeling right now? Um, I think... Hmm. Is it unsure? Yeah, I think maybe even Virgin a little bit sad. Okay. Because he's had to think back about the times that they had together and, like, to see where they've gone without him and that they're now trying to change the fundamentals of them being snarls is a long way from where they were. And I guess also, like, the divide between the group is quite a heavy thing to see. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, to see Keen give himself up like that, you know, it's not something he wanted to see. Okay, make your roll. We're just shy. We got a six. Um, I think Wonan, who is one of the younger Snarls, starts to talk. We didn't come all of this way. We didn't sacrifice what we sacrificed to give up and, like, Falsay lifts her hand to stop her. And Falsay looks at you and goes, You haven't been here. You have no right to lecture us on what we should do. You have your life and your way of doing things. If you want to go off and just survive, fine. But this is a way that we can free all of our kind to make their lives better. That there's a cost to our abilities isn't what makes us do good. It's us as people that choose to do good. And she walks into the vault. Do you stop her in any way? Or do you just let her go? I think Venz lets her go, but is following close behind because, you know, he doesn't want to end the conversation just yet, but also needs to get what he needs. Yes. So I think let's go back to Briss at the top of the library. Hello. So I think you, so I think you, Nilcat and Callan, spend a little bit of time, like kind of exploring the monastery, trying to get your bearings and work out where people have gone. I think you, like, obviously search through some of the rooms next to you. You, you find a kitchen, and maybe you also find like the large refectory where like the monks eat their meals before eventually finding like the central circular room with like the domed roof and like the office rooms above it. Just lots of food-related rooms before we find anything useful, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just looking at the map and you're sort of like in the wing that is like storage and the kitchen and the place where monks eat and... Cool. All right, well... You know, it has like a snug room and places like that. It, it's sort of like where the monks probably spend a lot of their so time. So we'll consider this, you know, casing the place. And now we know, we yeah. know when we need to come, when we, when we want to heist it. It's fine. But yeah, I think it's like largely... I think it's largely empty at this point. Um, at least in these rooms, um, until you enter, like, the domed room. You see two figures emerge, and you recognise one to be Tiller. Um, I'm going to call out to them and sort of start striding over, while also looking around the place, you know, looking at all the, all the doors, making sure nobody else is coming into the room at the same time. Tiller barely, barely lifts their head up, but you hear the other person, who appears to be a monk, with, like, Almost like a bone carapace and like strange markings and tattoos sort of scrawled across it. You hear them say, more of your friends to Tiller. Who are you? What have you done to them? Where are you taking them? Put them down right now. Uh, Obel's like, I'm, I, I'm a friend. I've met Belka, I've met Fens. I, I, I'm trying to get them out. I think Briss takes her hand off her sword, only just now realising that she's actually got it there, and says... Okay, where are they? What's what the hell's going on? Um, I I'm not sure. I think I think we're under attack. I'm not quite sure who by it, or whether it's just one attack or multiple. I I I, I can't work it out. Where are Vens and Belka? They nod backwards, in in the library, that downstairs. I think there was another one there too, like a a girl. Charla. Red Parker. Veil like yours. Heading straight towards the, the danger? Yeah. I, I tried I tried to stop her, but... Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Don't worry. Okay, where where are you taking Tella? Uh, I was going to take the, them to my house. Let them rest up. I think Nilcat has moved across at this moment to kind of help Obil support Tilla. And, like, looks at you and goes, I'll help them. Nilcat, can you take them both back to the rest of the people? He nods. I'll try. Okay. Callan, looks like we're going downstairs. Callan, like, nods and I think puts his hands on his sword and, like, follows. Okay, so shall we go to Charla? What are you doing right now? Are you continuing to head downwards? Yeah, I continue to head downwards, still keeping an eye out for, I don't know if there's any more of Aloma's people about and I don't want to meet them. So being a little cautious, but still, if there's if the only place the special memories are is at the very bottom, that seems like the place to go, and that's the place where Strail wants to go. So there's only good ideas here. <laughs> um. So I think what you maybe come across is you do come across another of Aloma's people, mm. um, but they are slumped across the stairway. Uh, like, lying face down. And I think it's maybe one of the people that was with Aloma, like, when you first met him. Are they moving? Can I get around? They're just kind of, like, laid on the floor. I think the halberd is, like, out of their hand, but it seems to be, like, attached to, like, a bracer that is made out of the same clay as, like, the blade. Um, But yeah, they seem to be, like, maybe unconscious. They're just kind of, like, laid face down. How would I get around them? Uh, you can walk past them. 
maybe step over them a little bit, but like they're not hard to get around. I think Charla's just going to keep moving. That's fair. Yeah, you keep moving. Um, and you keep going down the stairs, and I think, you know, you, you see the same things that Belka does. You see that some of these rooms seem to be for, like, scribing. It's like the first ones you saw, some of them seem to be offices. You see monks in some of them. Do you want to go and talk to them? Do you talk to anyone else? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Make sure I'm going the right direction. See if they know who this Oscult is. Sure. Okay, I think you go past a room which, unlike the rest of the rooms, doesn't seem to have any, like, books in. It seems to be, it seems to be, like, largely made out of stone and it's painted bright colours. And it has, like, lots of, like, holes carved into the wall that seem to have, like, stone boxes in. And in that room, you can see there are two monks stood. One of them is quite tall and they're holding, like, a large, like, grimoire, I guess in two hands, and the other is maybe, like, your sort of size, but they're, like, much older. They're, they're maybe, like, in their 70s. Oh, okay. Do you approach them? Do they look friendly? Do I, like, read um, them? Yeah, I don't think they look friendly. Like, they're not welcoming, but they don't look threatening either. Like, I guess, like, how they're positioned right now is the taller one with the book is stood very, is stood very clearly in front of the other one. And I think, like, as you kind of appear in a doorway, like, he is very much watching you. And maybe, like, the one behind, she, like, signals him to stand down when, when she sees you're probably not a threat, and, like, he lowers the book. Little do they know that I'm actually also a remnant. Dun-dun-dun. When you hear her say, Pertim, it it's okay. Hi, I'm, I'm Chala. I'm... I'm looking for a vault or an oscult. She smiles and says, I'm the oscult. Hi. Opal said I should find you. Opal. Yes. Uh, they said... <laughs> she, she like sighs and is like, of course they did. <sighs> Who are you? I'm, I'm Chala. I, I'm, I'm just looking for the vault because I, I hear it has information that is useful. About remnants. Um, Pertim looks down at the Oscult in, like, bewilderment, as if to say, is <laughs> is this really happening? And, like, Oscult, like, looks at you and goes, not just anyone can go into the vault. Opal said, I and, know. And, like, looks at you and goes, especially not a teenage girl. But it's really important. Why? Like, I, I think she's, like, got this moment of, like, this has been a really long weird day. She may as well find out why. Okay. Um, what are the problems with people needing knowing about Strail? Hmm. I'm just quickly seeing if any of my moves are useful here. Sure. I don't think any of them are. Except for maybe manipulate. Manipulate or offer tribute? So if you, like, offered something to her in order to get into a vault, that could be a way to do it. Although... Yeah, you'd have to come up with something worthy to I offer. I mean, well, I don't really know anything about what Oscult likes or is interested in. Sure. I mean, you can ask. Um, well, I don't know if I can tell you. It's, but it is really important. Um. Are you with them? With, with who? She, she looks as if she's trying to like remember. Belka? Belka's my friend. And there was a man, old man, Vent, I think. 
I guess Tilla's here, so that makes sense. So yeah, they're probably here. Tilla? You... I'm watching Tilla's Alcant. Well, obviously, not right now. They're at the farm, but one of them's in the stables. But they're all okay, I promised. Listen, you, you probably shouldn't be here. It's not safe for someone like you. This is really important. I need... I... I've been looking for information, and nowhere seems to have any information about what I need information about. And you need information about remnants? Yes. Why? If I tell you, will you help me? Yes. You have no idea whether she's lying. I was going to say, should I read a person now? That seems like a thing. Are you reading? Is Charla trying to work this out? This is not information that Charla's going to give up willingly. Sure. Especially after what happened in the village. But clearly the information's important to this person, so maybe that's worthy. So some kind of read-a-person-offer-tribute mix. Yeah, I, well, I think we read a person first, and then we go yeah. from there. Yeah. Okay. So when you read a person and their reactions, roll. On a 10 plus, hold 3. On a 7 to 9, hold 1. Spend hold 1 for 1 to ask questions. How are you feeling? Chala is feeling... I'm going to go with scared. So that's a 12. All right, show off. <laughs> Why this one? This isn't see, very useful. See, see, folks, that's how you roll dice. Okay. So you get to ask three questions. They are... And you don't have to ask them right away. You kind of hold them for when you want them. You can ask them throughout the conversation. Okay. But they are, are they telling the truth? What are they feeling right now? What are their intentions? What do they want from me? What tribute could I offer them to get them to blank? I think I'm going to go with the boring one of, are they telling the truth? Because I just want to know whether they meet, if, whether they actually mean they'll help me. Um, I think the answer is no, but that's not like, they definitely w won't help you. It's just, they won't definitely help you. They're going to wait to see what you say. And then they'll decide whether they'll help you. Okay. I think Charla's just going to go for it. Okay. And we'll save these other two questions. So, hypothetically, if a remnant and a person were knitted together, that would be an important thing to know more about. You're talking about something impossible. Nope! <laughs> Does that mean you don't have information? She looks at you and goes, are these just childish fantasies? Why have you come here? I think she's going to need more than Charla just telling her that's what's happening. Yeah, that makes sense. But Charla's going to need to know that they have any information whatsoever. Do you, do you have any information about any of this? Is there, is there even anything in the vault that's any related to this? Related? To a remnant and a person being knitted together. It's really important. Doesn't seem like they have any, like she has anything useful for me. Like clearly she doesn't believe me when she says it's impossible. Does that mean she has nothing helpful? Yeah, I'm trying to work out which of these questions to frame it through. I guess that's like, what are their intentions? Like, are they lying to you? Yeah, are they, are they lying that it's impossible because they don't, who, no one should know that kind of thing? I, I think. I think she, like, probably genuinely, up until this moment, and up until she has proof, believed that it's impossible. Like, she has never heard of this before. But I think she deals in a world 
and in an institution where things that she thought were impossible often come true. Like, there are probably memories in that vault that she has never read. I don't think she has much access to that vault. I think it belongs mainly to, like, Sistra and Doya. Like, she can access it and she can read the books, but I imagine it's, like, vast. Okay. And I think it's, like, a semi-real space. And I think it's possible that some information on this exists in there, but, like, up until this moment, she would have never gone looking for it or expected it to. Okay, that's enough. I think Chala's next move is going to be to remove her veil. I don't know if that's going to be enough, but that will show the eyes, which are slowly turning to ice. Oh, nice. Which Chala's been pretty pointedly hiding. Yeah, and I guess, haven't we had this, like, conversation before where, like, removing a veil is, like, a way of, like, showing sincerity in, like, Ninuk culture? Or, like, almost like a handshake or, like, striking a deal or making a promise, which is, like, a nice move. Yeah, so I think think it has, like, that cultural meaning behind it, and it also has, well, yes, ice eyeballs. (laughs) Which is, I'm sure there's a better way to say that. (laughs) Um, I think, like... The taller monk looks at the oscul and, like, looks at you, uh, eyebrow raised, as if to say, like, why are you doing this? Are you explaining the eye thing? Because I, 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 I think in my image of the scene, like, they're, like, ten feet away from you and probably can't see your eyes very clearly. It's most visible in my eyes. You can see where they're turning to ice. I don't want to request Strail's presence. Strail's very excited right now, for some reason. But I could! I think uh, the taller monk, like, getting agreement from Kalsund, like, steps forward and, like, kneels in front of you. And, like, looks at your eyes and then, like, turns back and nods. Can you help me? Is there any... Has anyone... Has this happened to anyone before? I think she kind of, like, walks a little bit closer towards you and, like, looks you in the eye and says, I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. The things that have happened and the things that are in that vault, I don't know all of them. So we could go look? No. No? Um, she looks at you and goes, we need to get out of this place. But... I don't expect you to understand... But there are people in this place that mean harm. Is it Aloma? He's one of them. And she's like, if I'm right, Aloma's just left this place to go find his captain, who has a troop of soldiers that he thinks we don't know about camped a little way from the town. They mean to assert their authority and take this library. And then there's the Snarls trying to steal this book. And then there's the conclave. There's only one thing that I can do, and that is to seal this library. So, I don't think you want to be going to the vault. But what if I'm dangerous? I I need to know what to do. Lots of people are dangerous, child. You're not the first. I killed someone by being upset with them earlier today. I summoned an ice bear and the person vanished. They stopped existing. Oh no. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's not just me who cracked up at that. <laughs> I think make your roll. Offer tribute. Okay. 
I think your tribute is, like, honesty here, right? I think it's, like, a mix of honesty and also, like, almost, like, innocence. It's kind of my bond move, also. Yeah, I, I think you've got a bond on her. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use... I mean, it's, this is definitely still scared, which means I'm going to spike, by the way. But the the fact that information that might... Yeah, it's, it's kind of a scary thing right now. Okay. So when you offer worthy tribute in exchange for a promise, boon, or something of value, roll. On a 10+, plus, your tribute is accepted, and you get what you asked for. On a 79, it comes with additional demands, a compromise, or the conditions are changed. Let's see where this goes. Mm. Alright. It's a 10. I think she looks at you and says, There is another way out. At the bottom of the library, there is a hole in the floor. That's where one of the Wasistra, Doya's envoy that looks after the library, resides. If I'm right, it's also a way out. Go if you need to go. I just... I'll say a prayer in the hope that it will keep you safe. And whatever you do, child, try not to run into any of the agents of the Conclave. If you see gold, hide. Thank you. She nods, and Kelson and the monk that is with her, who's called Pertim, like, both start to move past you and start to head up the stairs. Pertim kind of, like, a little ahead, holding the buck in two hands, ready to defend the Oscult if he needs to. Do you go the other way? Yep, I put my veil back on, and I go to figure out what's going on. I think, like, as you part, we kind of see a shot of the Oscult, like, Glancing back towards Charla and, like, sighing a little bit. And it's one that just carries the weight of the world. And then she continues on. Okay, so shall we move over to Belka? The way I imagine the situation is Belka is still at the top of the stairs with Alvarest and Mishto. Kind of glaring across at the two agents of the Conclave. Um, Terea All and Zender Bros. And I think, like, Alvarez is definitely in a position where he's looking really angry and, like, looks ready to fight. I think Mishto is less sure and is kind of backing away as if to go downstairs and join up with the rest of the group. And I think on the other side, like, uh, Venz is probably with, like, Felsay entering the vault. The, the rest of the splinters are probably, like, gathered at the bottom, preparing to kind of defend you two, I imagine. Belko, Venz, what are you doing? I think Venz is getting that book. Um, scooting down the stairs to be where the action is and where the conclave aren't. Okay. I think, like, as you go down, like, Mishto follows you a little way. Like, turns to look at Alvarez to tell them to follow. And, like, Alvarez just, like, waves them on. They seem set on fighting these two agents. Or particularly set on fighting Zender. But yeah, you, you head downstairs and you arrive in like the mosaic tiled base of of like the stairway in the well. And you can see past the other four members, I think it's four, yeah, the other four members of the splinters. You can see the large vault doors which are now opened. Um, and beyond them, you can see Venz and Falsate approaching two pedestals with books on them. I think Gyladin looks at you questioningly, as if to say, who are you? 
I have no time for any of these people, so barely even register that. Um, I think Belka is just hollering for Vens as they kind of stride into the secret library. Okay. Um, like they they call Vens's name, and then I think follow it up with, "Did you meet Doya? Did the remnant find you?" <laughs> Not the remnant, but another one of their envoys. And did you tell it to stop this? Have you done something? We, we, we made a deal. Falsay has reached the book and takes it into her hands, and begins to like walk out, walk back out of the vault. We, we, we got what we came for. In this book is everything they know about Serata Page. I think Belka looks kind of stunned for a moment. I think they had briefly forgotten that this is why they are here. Um, and then kind of nods gratefully and is like, oh, g- good, good, yes. Um, that will be useful. Perhaps we can read this another time. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to read it now. And I think Vens scoops up the book. Okay. Uh, Falsay is at the door and like turns, come on, we need to, we need to get out of here. Oh, yes. I came to say this also. We should leave. And then I think Buck is going to look at Vens again and, and, I guess a bit quieter, because they don't know these other random people, be like, is the remnant still here? Has it gone? I think the remnant still wants to see one of us, but that can wait until we're out of here. I think you hear a crack from upstairs. The sound of something smashing through a wall. And then you hear... Scream? You think it's Alvarest. And it's like a scream of anger and frustration and years of hatred boiling up. And then it's cut short. And you hear sounds as if of a body falling down some stairs. And then there's quiet for a little bit. And you look around and everyone is for a moment unsure, waiting for what comes next. And you can hear the clanking of metal boots on stone coming down the stairs. <laughs>